welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 79. How many deer have you been able to harvest? Um, I don't know uh, the exact number. I do know a buddy of mine uh, last year, year before, he had shot a deer and he said, hey, this makes number 25 or 30 or whatever for me. I could, And I thought, huh, I don't really know what that number is. Um, so to take you back to my beginning, I think I started hunting sometime around 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there, uh, with, a, with hunting for deer with a gun. I'd done some squirrel hunting probably before that, and I grew up coon hunting whenever I was like, two years old with my dad. But whenever I really picked up a gun to go after deer, probably nine or 10. And so I've been, you know, hunting for 25, 20, yeah, about 25 years or so. And in that amount of time, I went back and I looked and there were certain stories that stood out to me. So I knew that these were the, the numbers that I could at least remember. So to my, I'll just go ahead and let you know, I've shot 15 does, I think, <laughs> and six bucks. So not a lot of bucks. I'm still kind of learning how to do that, obviously. Um, but I look back at that and I just think, wow, that's that's actually a lot of deer, and I'm pretty happy. And what's what I'm happy about is not necessarily the the big number. I'm, I'm happy that I remember each and every single one of those stories. Uh, each one of them, I was in a unique spot uh, with a, maybe a different type of weapon or whatever, and I remember just the things that happened, and it just plays out, and it's very special for me. Um, now. I, I will say this. The number thing is impressive if that is a high number in a shorter amount of time. So, you know, 20-some deer over 20-some years, not like a super impressive number. But if I were to throw out that number of, say, 11 deer in four years, <laughs> if you're like me, you'd be kind of impressed with that. Um, that is today's guest. Today's guest is Ben Hodgkins, super nice guy. He sent me a nice email, agreed to come on the podcast kind of short notice. I'm actually recording this a week in advance um, I usually record these the week of, but I'm going to be at the beach whenever this comes out, or headed back from the beach anyway. And Ben was gracious enough to come on the show and tell some of his stories. And I had no idea, I, I wasn't aware of this when we started, but he tells the story of how he was able to get 11 deer in his first four years of hunting. And to top it off this past year, he gets a really, really nice buck. So talks about those stories, talks a little bit about... Um, family and some of those kind of things going on and been uh, just a super nice guy and so I was grateful to have him on. Uh, guys, I will say this real quick before we get into this interview. If you have not watched that YouTube video that we put out, I'd really, if you like deer hunting, man, I would love for you guys to go check it out. It's on our YouTube channel, Shedding Light Outdoors. Uh, check it out. It's 16 hunts or 16 kills in about six minutes. So it's a super cool film and would love it if you guys would check that out. And uh, that's it. We're going to jump right in here is Ben Hodgkins. All right, guys, I'm here with Ben Hodgkins from New Hampshire. Ben, how are you, sir? Excellent. How are you? Um, doing great, man. I, I think you are my first guest from New Hampshire. I could be wrong on that, but I, I don't remember anybody else. So welcome uh, being the first guy from the state. Excellent. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, tell us about yourself. How long have you lived there? And give us a little introduction. Uh, well, I was born and raised in Portsmouth. Um, I've lived around the Portsmouth area my whole life and uh, married for 15 years next month. I have 10-year-old twins and a just-turned one-year-old daughter. 
And, um, yeah, my wife and I are both very involved in our church. Um, lead prayer on Sunday nights. We both teach in the children's ministry. Oh, cool. Um, I do the landscaping here. Um, my wife homeschools our twins and also nannies for two other little girls. Oh, man. She's, she's busy. She's extremely busy. Um, she also is involved with a program at our church called Rise, um, which is about empowering women and um, specifically ones that have been in abusive relationships and things of that nature and how to get out of them and how to um, really just teaching them about the love of God and um, knowing that letting them know that there is somebody out there that, you know, loves them properly and loves them the right way. So, um, oh, good deal. And then in my, not my spare time, but my full-time job, my full-time paying job is, um, I work at Sig Sauer gun manufacturing. Um, I work in assembly sometimes, but primarily I work in machining, um, drilling gas blocks and rifle barrels. (laughs) That's cool, man. That's awesome. How long have you been working for SIG? Um, I've been at SIG for just about two years now. Um, Before that, I was self-employed. I worked for my father, um, painting, landscaping, clean-outs, any odd jobs. Anything Uh, I could do to make an honest buck. (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, you and I, you know, uh, were chatting a little bit beforehand and I, we were kind of talking a little bit about hunting and just, you know, so my guests know, I don't, we don't plan everything out. We usually just kind of make it like two guys sitting around the campfire and shooting the breeze. But I, I did ask how long you've been hunting and you kind of shocked me with, um, how long you've been hunting and then also how many deer you've got. And so I thought, uh, right then and there, I had to ask you, uh, to talk about that on the podcast. That's definitely something I want to hear. So let's go. How long have you been hunting? Can you tell our guests that? Uh, I've been hunting for four years. Okay, and how many deer have you killed in in four years? Uh, either eleven or twelve. Um, <laughs> I have to look at my my tags from when I register them at the house, but it's either eleven or twelve. Uh, that's incredible. So I, I want to kind of capture that a little bit today, but let's go back to the big the beginning. So I, I take it obviously you did did you grow up in a hunting family? I'm assuming that you didn't. Um, I did not. Uh, I went out a couple of times with my grandfather when I was younger. And I mean, I was probably five or six and I acted like a five or six year old in the woods. You know, I didn't know how to walk. (laughs) Um, I didn't have any of the proper clothing to wear, you know, for, for hunting. And, um, but my grandfather taught me as much as he could teach a six year old who was not paying attention at all. So, (laughs) yeah, Uh, that's cool. So how, how did you, decide then you know four years ago that you just you wanted to get into it what what made you like take that plunge and decide to go um so my youngest brother um he's four years younger than me had started hunting and you know he had shot a spike horn and you know was really excited about it and i could see his enthusiasm over it and i was like well that's that's pretty neat um so i guess i should i should probably back up a little bit um in my later teen years, I had gotten into some legal troubles. And so I was actually unable to hunt because I wasn't able to own a gun. Um, and just through talking with guys at my church um, and other people, you know, that I'd met through hunting, 
um, or people that I had met that were in the hunting community had said, well, you can still own a bow. So if it's ever <laughs> you want to check out, you know, you can always do that. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I might have to look into that. So I had done that. And that was really, I started shooting, you know, in the yard. I bought a $100 bow off of a guy that I worked with at the time. Um, it was a probably a mid-90s model PSE. Oh, nice. And felt like it weighed about 15 pounds, but <laughs> um, <laughs> they've certainly come a long way. Yeah, definitely. I started shooting that and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to take my hunter safety and see where it leads me. Oh man, that's really cool. So it just was something that kind of piqued your interest. You found a way, Hey, you can't have a gun, which I find that ironic that the, the gun thing, and now you work at SIG. I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, since then, since, since what I'd gotten in trouble for, it wasn't, um, anything violent. It wasn't anything towards anybody it was just me and a couple of buddies being stupid and um you know poor poor teenage decisions and um i've since had my record expunged and you know gone through the whole whole process and now i'm able to own firearms and um do all that legally so it's Um, been it's been an adventure for sure (laughs) and that must feel good to be able to do that yeah absolutely you know and it's my, you know, my, my kids know everything that, you know, I had done. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, my wife and I now, um, try to instill the importance of behaving and listening. And, you know, we're telling you not to do this for your own good. We're not doing it to be mean to you. So, um, Mm. sometimes it almost feels hypocritical, but at the same time, I know that I've straightened myself up and I've smartened up you know, from the time that I was 17 to now being 34. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, my, my girls are young, you know, um, and you want them, (laughs) you want them to not make some of the choices you did. You hope that they don't have to learn the hard way. Um, but it's that balance as a parent, I think trying to balance how firm are you? You don't want to be super firm, but you also don't want to be super light either. And so that is a challenge as, as a dad, for sure. I, I recognize that. And it is. <laughs> yeah. So you go out and you get this PSC. Uh, kind of bring us through um, those first few hunts. How did it, how did your first, did it, you know, I'm, I'm assuming with 11 deer that you got one your first year, but I could be wrong with that. How did it, how were you able to be successful and, and what were those first few uh, hunts like for you? Um, so. I had actually talked to one of the girls that I was working with at the time and she said, yeah, you know, my family has this property and if you want to hunt it, you know, it's, it's all yours. Um, she said, no one else hunts it and have at it. And I said, sweet. And it was two <laughs> miles from my life. That is sweet. Um, it's all, I, all the, all the deer that I've taken were all on public land. Um, all the turkeys that I've taken, which is, I think five were all on public land. Um, so I, I've been, I was blessed in my first year for sure with, you know, her telling me have at it. She goes, put up tree stands, um, try not to cut any trees down, but if you're going to just let us know and all that, um, which I've never had to take any branches or trees down. So, 
Um, that was neat. So my first ever deer, um, it was probably, I don't know, two weeks into the season, maybe three weeks into the season, which here in New Hampshire, it starts September 15th. Um, I was up in my tree stand and I had seen some deer, but nothing that had come in to what I felt like was a comfortable range. And this particular night I was sitting there and I had a, a good wind and a doe came out and I was like, Oh man, look at this. She's going to walk right in front of me. She's, she's playing this perfectly. And she came out and she stopped at nine yards right in front of me, broadside, no, no trees in the way. And so I took my shot and she went down in 25 yards. Oh, that's um, awesome. Even, even today, it was still my biggest doe that I've ever taken. Um, she dressed out at, I think, 128 oh, wow. pounds. And I was like, that's phenomenal. I, I didn't know what to do. I had never even seen a deer dressed at this point. <laughs> so I told my brother, Andrew, who had gotten me into hunting. And I said, hey, I, um, I just shot a deer. And he goes, no, you didn't. And I said, no, I'm telling you, I did. And he goes, I said, where are you at? And he goes, well, I'll be out of work in a couple hours. And I said, all right. So I walked out of the woods and I went home and I sat for two and a half hours waiting for my brother to get there. And that was the longest two and a half hours. <laughs> oh. and he gets there and he's like, congrats, I guess. And I go, yeah. He goes, well, as long as we can find it, congrats. Otherwise, you're an idiot. And I says, okay. <laughs> so. We went back to the spot. Like I said, it was only a couple miles from the house. Walked back through the field and back into the tree line. And I showed him where my tree stand was. Um, not like he didn't know. He helped me put it up. But, you know, I relived everything for him. And we started searching for blood with our flashlights. And we're looking. And we went like, I don't know, probably 10 yards. And I was discouraged because I couldn't find my arrow. I couldn't find any blood. And I was like, after 10 yards. And I, I know that I hit her properly. I should be seeing something based on the videos that I've watched. And so him and I had separated and we're looking for blood. And he goes, hey, I got a spot right here. And I was like, no way. And I went over and I took a picture of it with my phone because it was the my first ever spot of blood. Um, and we just followed that. And she was not very far from there, maybe another 15 to 17 yards. Um, she had run into the thick stuff right on the edge of a small little stream. Mm. and there she was wow so, so first that deer that. that's awesome was that your was that your first hunt uh it wasn't my first hunt it was within the first three weeks of the season okay uh maybe first two weeks of the season but i had been in that spot just about every day so it was probably okay. within my first 15 hunts or so i would say uh, it's still really cool so get a first doe down that has to feel real good <laughs> so is yeah, your brother well, your brother shocked that you were able to pull that off um not really i mean he knows he knows um how i am and he knows my personality and he knows that i'm not going to quit at something okay you know when i have my mindset on it i'm not going to quit until i get it accomplished and um so he knew that he knew that it was going to happen he just didn't know when Mm. so i was uh i mean i, I was psyched I, I couldn't believe it <laughs> yeah that's cool and it's a cool feeling too to bring home meat for your family you know to know that you're providing that that's that's kind of a, a neat feeling about it as well 
Yeah, it was it was a neat feeling, but it was also um, I guess I was nervous about it because I had actually never eaten venison before. Mm. Um, so I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know how I was going to feel about harvesting this animal, dressing this animal out in the woods. Um, at the time, I hadn't butchered or anything, so I brought it to the butcher, and I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to like it. I hope it's good because <laughs> I'm going to eat all of it. Uh, <laughs> that was one thing my grandfather did distill in me was if you kill something, you eat it. I don't care if it's a squirrel. I don't care if it's a groundhog. If you kill it, you eat it. Uh. Uh, so don't let anything go to waste. And I was like, okay. Very so cool. um, I wish that he had been there. He had passed away a few years earlier. Um, which is fine. I know that he's in heaven now and he's not, you know, he's not suffering anymore and he can breathe and he's, I picture him walking through a forest in heaven, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like I've heard cool. you say, you know, it's not sitting on a cloud playing harps. It's <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know why everybody thinks of that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I picture my grandfather walking through the woods with a 30 yacht six and you yeah. know, his black and red plaid on. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I you think about um, you, if God gave us these big horn critters down here that drive us nuts that we absolutely enjoy hunting. What does He have prepared up there? You know, I mean, we don't know what it's going to be like, but I I think it's going to be pretty doggone awesome. There could be like who know we might be chasing dinosaurs up there. I don't I don't know, but it's just really kind of neat to think about. You know, it's nothing to be too too sad about because of where they are. So that's that's cool. Yeah, if you think of um, you know, God's imagination and what he was able to create, you know, with this earth that he's created, how much better is it going to be in heaven and how much more spectacular is it up there than it is down here? So, um, I think I it's, it's, it's kind of fun to think about with, you know, just different, if you think about different aspects of it. Yeah, it is. It just, it's mind boggling. I can't, I can't wrap my mind around what it must be like, but I do obviously, think about it a lot because of uh, people that I've lost and it's something that you just think about all the time and it's uh, definitely something to look forward to. But uh, Ben, I want to ask you this. Um, so you get, well, I, I did want to ask this question first. Did you end up liking the meat? Are you a fan of venison? How have you figured out how to cook it? Like what's, oh, yeah. you know, that, that is a big question people for people. Cause some people are like, Oh, I don't like the gamey taste. Well, it's not, maybe it's not gamey. It's just the way you prepare it too. So how, how do you like yeah. deer meat? Um, I love it. So the first year that I got, um, I'm not going to mention the butcher that I'd brought it to, but it was, it was extremely gamey and people that had been eating venison their whole life tried it and they were like, yeah, that's, that's pretty gross. Mm. Um, and I guess from what I've heard, it's all in how you butcher it. Um, it's all how you cut it, whether you're making steaks or whatever, making a roast and, Last year, one of the guys that I work with said, hey, if you get a deer, bring it over. We have a cooler that, you know, we hang them in and we butcher everything ourselves. He goes, it'll save you money, and I can guarantee you that the meat will taste better. And I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. So I started butchering, and there's um, probably eight of us that use this cooler total. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that, you know, pretty much opening day, there's a deer hanging in it, and... You know, we butcher everything right there in the guy's garage and they got tables and they got saws and everything else. So it really is in how you cut it. And it's really the best venison that I've had. Um, 
you know, coming from there and cutting it up ourselves and them teaching me really life skills right through it. So that's, that's super important. I don't think we've actually ever talked about that on our show. I, I think some guys actually don't hunt deer because they've had somebody give it to them before and they've gotten that taste in their mouth. And I think we've all tried it where it just is kind of, it's strong, you know, it's real strong. Maybe it was a buck and, you know, sometimes bucks are a little bit stronger than what the does taste. And, and that turns some people off from eating it and then therefore turns them off from hunting. And like you just said, it, it really is in how you prepare it, the ways that you get it done, um, what you do with it, how you marinate it. And it's not, I don't try and marinate my stuff to take away the deer taste. I, I, I marinate my stuff to enhance the flavor altogether. So there's yeah. definitely some ways to, um, I mean, make sure that you're enjoying the animal that you, you harvested. You know, that's, that's what we want everybody to be able to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, with, with the steaks and stuff, I've made... Um, you know, I mean, I, I bought it a hydrator and I make jerky with it. And I, mm-hmm. um, guys that, you know, the other guys that I butcher with, they do snack sticks like, uh, Slim Jims and stuff like oh, that yeah. with it. Um, we make sausages and, you know, we buy the casings and make sausages and different mixes and cheeses to go in it. So it's, you can, you can do a lot with it. I mean, you can do anything with venison that you can do with, you know, regular beef. So, Absolutely. um, it's 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 a good experience it's a good life lesson and um it's nice being out in god's creation <laughs> absolutely well ben we, we've gotten one deer down so far one deer story out of 11 so i'm gonna fast forward a little bit how did so how many deer were you able to get your first year um i got two my first year both of them were with my bow okay um the second one came probably a month maybe a month and a half after the first one um, okay. so I went through what I thought was just a tremendous dry spell and, you know, I was kind of beating <laughs> myself up and I was talking to people and they were like, I haven't shot a deer in four years. I don't want to hear it, you know? Um, but yeah, the second one, I shot it out of the same stand that I was in the first time. And this one was at 23 yards. Um, you know, that one, it made like an 80 yard circle. I could see it the whole time from where I was. It kind of crested the top of this little hill went all the way around the top of it and it expired like five yards from where I had originally shot it with my bow, um, which was, you know, neat. I went and I went home and I got the kids and I says, all right, we're going to start tracking some blood. I need you guys to help me. And (laughs) obviously I knew, I knew where the deer was, but it was cool for them to be able to come in and, um, you know, quote unquote, contribute to the hunt by tracking blood for me. So, Mm -hmm. um, it was cool and they get up on it and my son goes over and he grabs her right by the ears and um he's like dad look at this this is you know this is beautiful it is it was it was really cool to share that um with my son and um his twin sister so yeah she she didn't wasn't really too hands-on but she definitely (laughs) so oh that's cool so over the next four years, um, I'm sure there's a lot of, I mean, we're, we're, we can't dive into probably each and every story, but I know this past year you got, uh, it, this past year, right, you got your first buck, correct? Yes, 2019. Um, I think the date was November 9th. I could be wrong on that. Um, okay. So this particular spot was actually over in Maine. Um, I had gotten my gotten my out-of-state license which, you know, my wife has always been more financially conscious than I have. 
Um, if I see something, I'm just like, yep, yeah, I'll figure out how to pay for it later, but I'll get it now. Um, <laughs> so an out-of-state license for, you know, for me as a New Hampshire resident to get a main license was $117 for one tag, one mm. buck tag. Yeah. And I thought that that was outrageous, but it was something that I wanted to do. Um, it was a property that my pastor hunts. And he was like, I, I can't guarantee it, but I can guarantee you'll get a buck over here. Um, he said, I shoot an eight point out of here almost every year and let's, uh, let's get you a buck. And I said, all right, well, let's do it. <laughs> so I picked him up in the morning and we loaded up a couple of climbers and off we went and we got set up. He showed me which tree to set up in. And I says, all right, well, I had never used a climber. Well, I can't say I'd never used a climber. I had tried a climber once and it was my brother's. I had no harness. The top and the bottom weren't tethered together. Oh, no. and I got probably 20 feet up in the air and the bottom fell out. Oh, gosh. I'm hanging by my elbows. I looked like a, you know, like when somebody's mimicking a chicken, chicken, you know, I got my elbows out. <laughs> And uh, I'm I'm hanging there, and I'm trying to wrap myself around this tree. I have my my bow in one hand, my backpack on, and I'm just like I'm I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I can't get to my phone. I don't want to jump. There's rocks under me. Um, <laughs> so I knew that my brother was hunting 200 yards away. So I just started calling for him, and eventually he came down and he goes, "I don't know what you're doing, but you need to shut up because you just scared every animal." <laughs> <laughs> never but mind like, that you're hanging from a tree <laughs> yeah he so he he yelled at me and then he laughed um as i'm still hanging there and i waited for him to wipe the tears out of his eyes so he could see again from laughing so hard and <laughs> he uh <laughs> ended up getting me to the bottom of the stand so this part of the so podcast got, is brought hold on this part of the podcast is brought to you by your safety harness which you guys want to wear right yeah. <laughs> For your safety harness. Yeah. Um, that was a lesson that I learned that day. Yeah. So my pastor shows me this tree, and I'm I I get up there, and I don't I didn't have to be very far. Um, I only had to be like ten feet up in the tree just to see over the tops of the thick stuff that was down in the swamp, and the swamp was probably fifteen yards down this little ridge that I was right on the edge of. So I get up there a little bit, and as soon as I get settled, um. I look at my phone and I was like, all right, five minutes till legal light. And as soon as I put my phone away, I see a deer across the edge of the other side of the swamp. And I was like, no way, there's a deer already. And I couldn't see what it was. It was still pretty dark out, um, even for being just about legal light. So I grunted a couple of times, not knowing what it was, but I grunted. And this deer turns and comes on a beeline straight to me. And I was like, no way, this is happening. And as it gets like halfway through the swamp, I can see um, little openings. And I was like, oh, my word, it's got antlers. You, you got to be kidding me. So it gets to the edge of the swamp. It's probably 18 yards from me, maybe 20. And it turns broadside and I stopped it. And I had it in my scope with my 30-06, pulled the trigger and that was it. And I was like, oh, my word, you got to be kidding me. This deer ran away. And I was like, this is, this is fantastic. And I could see it. It was a nice eight point. 
as it had gotten closer, I could see that it was an eight. Um, his main beams came out and made almost a basketball hoop. Um, his main beams were just about touching in the front, and I'm like, he's going to look great on the wall. I can't believe this. And, you know, probably an hour goes by or so, and Pastor Chad texted me, and he goes, so did you get him? And I says, I better have you. I, I could smell him from where I was. I better have hit him. And he goes, all right, well, we'll give it a few hours, and um, we'll get down and take a look. We got down, and there was just a little bit of hair. Um, we found no blood. We found no anything. And oh, we looked and looked, looked, and it was just a little bit of white fur. Um, I had shot low and just barely grazed his belly. Never found it. Never found blood, like I said. And I was like, well, that's – I was really beating myself up. So lesson learned here is even after you have a sight bore sighted, make sure that you shoot your gun after because that's what I didn't do. And my gun was shooting 24 inches low at 30 yards half after having it bore sighted. Oh man. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was disappointed in myself for not doing, you know, my due diligence to the animal. And so another, another lesson learned, another rookie mistake. Yeah. So um, that was on, I think, a Monday, maybe a Tuesday. So that following Saturday, I'd gone back to the same spot, back up in the tree in the morning, and didn't see anything. And I was like, all right, well, I know that there's tons of deer in here. There's, you know, my wife needed me home for midday so that I could help her with some stuff around the house. And um, she had to go run a couple of errands. So she was like, well, you can either come with me or stay home and watch the kids. And I says, I'll go with you. Why not? So we went out, did some errands, and I was like, I don't feel like driving back over to Maine. And it wasn't far. It's only 40 minutes or so from the house. And she goes, well, you left the climber over there, and it's not your climber, so you should probably go back. And I was like, oh, you're right. So we had a babysitter coming that night. We were going to have a rare date night. And so I was like, well, I'll make it a quick afternoon hunt. I'll see what comes in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it didn't work out that way. So. <laughs> I climbed back up on the climber and I'm sitting there for a couple hours, nice little breeze blowing. And I fell asleep for probably an hour and a half. And when I woke up, I was like, Oh man, I got to get going. I said, you know, babysitter's going to be at the house in an hour. I got to run home, shower, change, get ready to go out on a date with my wife. And I says, so when I climbed down, I said, I'm going to walk through that swamp real quick and see on the other side of it. Cause it was a little bit of a little bit of an opening over there. So I'm going to go see if there's anything hanging out. So I climbed down, I walked through the swamp, left the stand, left my backpack, all the, everything else at the base of the tree. And as soon as I got up, cause the, the swamp is down a little bit of a Valley. Like I said, it's probably 15, 20 feet down on either side. So it's a nice little, nice little Valley in there. And the swamp's probably only 80 yards wide. So I walk through it. I get up to the other side. And as soon as I stick my head up over the other side, um, a, doe, a doe came out. And she was almost black. I'd never seen a doe that was that color before. And just a, just a big old swamp, swamp doe. Mm. And I was like, oh, man. She didn't alert. She didn't act like anything was following her. But she gets probably five to eight yards out of the tree line and out steps this buck 
And I started shaking immediately. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my word. And I said, he's, he's I got to get him. So I get up a little bit further. Um, they had gone behind a big dirt pile. And as soon as they went behind that, I took a couple of steps up just to get myself into a little bit better position. And the doe steps out. And it's been probably two minutes now and the buck hadn't stepped out. And I was like, did he really go the other way? So I, you know, where I can't see him. I'm like, this is, what do I do? What do I do? And the doe kept walking. She walked probably another 20 yards over to the other tree line. And that buck stepped out. And I was like, oh my word. And I grabbed onto a little sapling and I stuck my thumb out. So I'm holding onto the tree with my thumb out and I rest my 30-06 on it. And I get that buck in the scope and I shoot him and he drops right there. Um, I oh, spine shotted him. And as soon as I pulled the trigger and watched him drop, <laughs> a little bit of comedy, um, I threw up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm shaking this sapling watching this, this buck through my scope and... <laughs> <laughs> uh i i couldn't believe that he dropped and he i mean he he never moved again um and i was like you got to be kidding me and i i i ran over to him i didn't i didn't give him any time i knew that i had you know spined him and i i ran over to him and he was you know he had already expired um and i grabbed hold of him and i was like oh my word and you know it, it might be a rookie thing, but um, I, I I can't even describe it. it. I was I had tears running down my cheeks. I was so excited and I was so happy and I was so elated that you know I had gotten this deer and it was like it was almost like a chip off my shoulders, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it's kind of pressure that I'd been putting on myself, and. So I, I called my pastor and I said, Hey, I just, just sh 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 shot a, a, a deer. And he goes, he goes, did you shoot a deer? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, is it a big one? And I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, so it's a little four point, huh? You know, just being a guy, just busting chops like we do, you know? And I said something like that. And he goes, you parked where we parked before? And I said, yes. And he goes, okay, I'll meet you over at the truck. So I walked back. And while I was walking back, you know, I, I'm trying to gather up my climber stand and gather up my backpack. And I'm, st I'm still shaking. And I, I can't even talk straight still. Um, I called my wife and I said, look, I just shot a buck. I just shot a really big buck. And I need you to, you know, can you call the sitter, which was my mom. So. You know, it's not like it was a huge issue there, but I was like, you know, I, can you call mom and tell her not to come? I'm not going to be home. You know, I'm going to be home late. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. She goes, congrats. She goes, I want a picture of it. And I says, all right, when I get back there, I will. So I went and I, I met Pastor Chad and I explained to him where I was, you know, when I shot it. And he goes, he goes, well, we can, we can drive over that way. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, yeah, there's an old dirt road over there. And I was like, oh, sweet. So we went and we drove over to this old dirt road and went over to this, you know, walked down this little trail and my my buck was there. Mm -hmm. 
And he goes, you got to be kidding me. He goes, he goes I've, I've never taken a deer this big. He goes, I've been hunting my whole life. Um, he said, I can guarantee you that this is the, this is the biggest deer in these woods. Yeah. Um, you know, live weight, he was probably 240, I would imagine. Wow. Um, just a, just a monster. And he dressed out at 197 pounds. You know, I was three shy of that 200 pound club. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't even care about that. You know, I was just, I was so happy and it was, you know, that, that I was able to share it with Pastor Chad and other, you know, you know, uh, lover of hunting and, you know, a fan of the woods. And yeah, I called my up and I was like, Hey, listen, this is, you're not going to believe this. I, I just shot this. I called my oldest brother and I told him and he lives in the town that I had shot it in. So I says, I'm going to swing by the house real quick. He goes, all right. And I had sent a picture of it to my mom so that she didn't think I was lying about <laughs> why we had to cancel, you know, her as a babysitter. <laughs> and she had actually sent a picture of it to my youngest brother. And he and I at the time hadn't been talking. Um, him and I had had a falling out and it really destroyed me. I like to talk about things and, you know, get things out in the open and he's just not that way. Um, so that was, that had been eating me up, but he called me and he, and he goes, Hey, mom said you shot a buck. And I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, send me a picture of it. And I says, well, if you're home, I said, I'll send it to you. I said, I'll come see you. And he goes, all right. He goes, yeah, I'll be home. So I had to find a place to register it because I couldn't bring it back over state lines until it was registered. Um, so I finally found a place that was open and that took me 45 minutes to go up to there and then over to my brother's house. And, you know, it was, it was weird that God used the deer to mend that relationship, but that was really what it took. Wow. Um, you know, for me and my brother who had been, you know, like best friends and then had a, a falling out over something simple. Um, and God used a deer to mend that, you know, it was, uh, mm. pretty incredible the way that all that had worked out. Mm. And now, you know, one of my best hunting buddies. So the person that had got me into hunting, hunting brought us back together after a falling out and you know our our relationship as brothers has been nothing but great since so oh man it doesn't get much better than that man that's that's awesome ben and i and i'm yeah, looking at, at this buck i'm sure guys you know are, are listening to this wondering okay how big is it you know whenever you think of new hampshire i'll, I'll be honest i don't think of giant deer out there I, in my lifetime, I don't know that I've had an opportunity, nor will I have an opportunity as a buck. This buck is an absolute giant. I mean, he is a big deer. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, he was... Um, I guess you were in Maine. You were in Maine, but either way, I mean, he is oh, a big man, deer. I was, I was not far. I'm not going to say where it was, but I was not yeah, far yeah, yeah. from the border. <laughs> um, this massive. deer ended up... He had... Um, two kickers broken off on his right hand side, but he still ended up being six points on his right side and 10 points on his left. Um, his G two had, um, six extra points coming off of it. And I was like, I don't know if this, I don't know how old the deer was. I don't know if he was on the downside of his, 
you know, the peak of his rack or, if, you know, maybe this coming fall, he would have been spectacular. But um, either way, I have no complaints about it whatsoever. I was, you know, I was looking for a spike horn to shoot and, you know, this big daddy comes out and I was like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. So in four years, you take 11 deer um, and the, after four years you get this absolute toad of a buck so i mean that's that's got to feel good and exciting but also before you and i you know whenever you first emailed me something else that was kind of interesting is that you've now been able to get your kids involved in hunting right yeah um so i mean i i could tell you every story i guess i don't have that kind of time <laughs> well tell, um, tell us one tell us one quick one about you and your kids if, if i want to hear how your kids have enjoyed it and, and so we'll do we'll do one more on that does that work um so my daughter really wants to bow hunt um she isn't quite strong enough yet to draw the legal poundage to be able to hunt excuse me um but she's been practicing and she loves doing that. She absolutely loves dressing deer. Um, I don't, she already told me that she didn't know if she'd be able to shoot one or not, but she absolutely loves helping with the dragging and helping with dressing the deer. Um, my son, that's not so much his favorite part, but he loves, absolutely loves eating them. And, you know, he's like, I, I really want to go out. And I was like, all right. So I took him out turkey hunting this year for his first time. Um, he had a borrowed 20 gauge from my father-in-law and we had, we were torn between two spots for opening weekend. And I said, well, let's go sit at this spot. And if we don't see anything over here, then we'll know that we should be at the other spot. And he goes, all right. So we went and sat and we didn't see anything. We didn't hear anything. It was eerily quiet. Um, so I said, all right, well, I guess I know where we're going in the morning. And he goes, yep. So I woke him up at quarter or four in the morning and we went out and, you know, had everything ready. We set up a Jake and a hen decoy and we get out there and we're sitting in a field with a couple of little shrubs around us that kind of enclosed us a little bit. And we had a couple of shooting holes mm -hmm. and a lone hen had gone behind us probably 80 yards. And so we're sitting there and we're watching her like over our, pretty much at our seven o'clock um, back behind us over our left shoulders. And as we're watching her five deer came out and the deer were walking up behind us and they got to within 40 yards of us. So now we're sitting there, we're watching this lone hen, seeing if a Tom's going to come out and we're watching the deer when all of a sudden two Tom's came out from our right side at our three o'clock and they both gobbled. And I says, I, I told my son, Gavin, I said, we either, if they see that hen, we're never going to see those toms again. Or the deer might run them off. I said, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I says, but get ready. And he goes, okay. So I did a small hen call. Um, if you guys are looking for a good mouth call, go with Tom Teasers. Can't go wrong, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm not, a, I'm not a great caller by any means, but um, Tom Teasers will definitely get you on the right track. Oh, cool. So I did a couple of small little hen calls and they looked our way. It didn't really do too much. And I gobbled and they looked again and they gobbled back. And at this time, they're probably 50 yards out. And uh, I hen called again 
And this time when they looked, this this time they saw they saw the decoys and they came in on a line and they were in full strut and they were moving and they closed that distance in probably seven seconds, I'd say, um, that 50 yards. Mm-hmm. And I says, Gavin, they're going to come in on the other side of the bush. I says, you got to wait for them to, um, you have to wait for them to separate. I says, you can't shoot them both in one shot. And he goes, okay. And he has, you know, that 20 gauge ready. And he's, as soon as they separated, he pulled the trigger and that Tom dropped. Um, no flapping, no kicking, no anything. It was, it dropped right there. And my son looked at me and he was so excited and he jumps up and he runs over and he picks the Tom up and runs back to me and jumps into my arms and he's looking at me and he goes, dad, I can't believe I just did that. And I says, Gavin, I says, I couldn't be more proud of you. I said, that's way better than any hunt that I've ever been on. And, uh, I mean, it was just, it was so cool the way that, you know, the, from the first time that we heard on the roost and he looked at me and his eyes got big as saucers, you know, from that moment, I knew that he was hooked. Um, but then when he, when he shot that Tom, it, it was, you know, he, he couldn't, he couldn't stop shaking and he goes, I got to call Grammy and I got to call Papa and I got to call mama. And he's going down <laughs> the list of people that he's got to call, um, you know, on the way to register it, he was like a guy working on the stock exchange, you know, he's sitting there, he's calling people, he's texting people and he was, you know, he, nothing could ever replace that. Oh man, uh, that's sweet. Ended up work uh, weighing 22 and a half pounds. Uh, pretty sure it was a nine and a half inch beard and one and a quarter inch spurs. And he goes, can we come back out again tomorrow? You know, it's youth weekend. I have another tag. And I says, yeah, if you want to, that's fine. And so we got up on Sunday morning. Um, I think at this point, church had been canceled. They were doing online church uh, because of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, we can always watch the service, you know, a little bit later if need be. And he and I woke up and both of us had a migraine that morning on that Sunday morning. So I says, do you want to go out? And he goes, not really. I says, all right. So we both went back to bed. It's, you know, 3.30 in the morning. We're going back to sleep. So he had come in and woke me up. And he goes, hey, Dad, can we still go out hunting? He goes, we have a couple hours. And I said, yeah, that's fine. We can go out. So we went back to the same exact spot. And when we got there, there was five turkeys out in the field. And I said, well, we can't go back to that same spot because, you know, those turkeys are going to bust us. And he goes, all right, well, let's just set up in the woods. We set up in the woods. The turkeys ended up going the other side of the field. Absolutely no interest in us. So since they had left the field, we went back up to the same exact spot that we had been sitting in yesterday. Um, And maybe 20 minutes goes by. And this Tom had come in beside the, from the other side of the big bush that was right beside us. And neither one of us saw it come in until it was at our decoys, which were at eight yards away. (laughs) and i'm like i see him i'm like don't move don't move and as soon as that bird turned around he he pulled up the shotgun and shot and that one ended up having a nine and a half inch beard um almost one and a half inch spurs and it was 23 pounds both birds were bigger than anything i've ever any bird i've ever shot and and he got them both on youth weekend 122 and a half pounds 123 pounds and it was 
it was real exciting. And he goes, I can't believe I just did it again. You know, and it was the same thing. He had to call people and text people. And, um, you know, the first thing he did after he gets done jumping around and being excited as quietly as he could, um, you know, he goes over and he goes, God, thank you for sending me this turkey. And mm. I thank you that we get this meat. Um, you know, same thing I do when I harvest an animal. The first thing I do is walk up and I thank God for providing the meat. And I, I thank the animal. And, you know, some people have said, well, that's really weird to thank a, an animal that you just shot. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, he didn't realize he was sacrificing himself when he stepped out or she stepped out. But, um, you know, it's, they did and God provided it that way. So yeah, it's been exciting. Sure. Oh man, that's awesome. I, there's nothing like taking the kids out and enjoying that. And I'm, I'm glad that your, your boy and your girl too, that's really cool. She likes to help out and be a part of things. And, um, it's just yeah, awesome. Well, it just pumps me up to hear how in four years you've learned so much, you've done so much. Seems like you're really like growing pretty fast as a hunter, faster than what I'm. I've, I've. It's taken me a lot longer to learn some of those things. So that's really cool, Ben. Yeah, my my wife's been um, extremely patient. You know, with the hours that I've put in, and you know, it's you know, I I could never say, well, I'm working late and then head to the woods. You know, I I ask her, you know, is it okay if I go hunting and um she's like yep i'll see you half an hour after dark you know because <laughs> she knows all my hunting spots uh, she knows that that's cool the house, so. um you know I've, I've been blessed that way also to have a wife that understands and you know she's not into the hunting scene but she understands how much i love it and you know my passion for it so she's been extremely supportive in that way so good well, Ben, before we wrap things up, I wanted to go back, since you mentioned your wife, and maybe some guys or, or some ladies, we do have ladies that listen to the show as well, might be interested in that ministry that you mentioned that she's a part of. Now, what is that called, and do you know where uh, maybe people could go to find out some more information about it? Um, so I believe the website is just called rise.com. Um, okay. But if not on rise.com, um, then you can always go to connectcommunitychurch.com. Okay. And um, there is a link on there also. Um, that's the church that my wife and I have been at for 17 years. Um, really easy website to follow. But if you go to Connect Community Church, um, you'll see a thing on there about Rise. And um, right now they're doing, you know, kids that are aging out of the foster system. Um, that are looking to go to college right now, they're buying supplies for these college kids and getting them set up in dorms and getting them ready with everything that they're going to need that, um, you know, they wouldn't otherwise be able to purchase for themselves. So um, oh, very cool. That's, that's their current project of what they're doing. So oh, that's awesome. That's uh, good stuff. They can always follow that link. So awesome. Well, Ben, I want to say thanks for coming on today. It's kind of short notice, and you agreed to come on the show, and really grateful for that. And I'm also just grateful for you sharing some of your stories. They were amazing. It's been fun kind of hearing about how things have gone down for you, and I'm excited to hear about some of your upcoming seasons as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was great being here, and you know, I love the I love the podcast. I just discovered it last week, and um, you know, I've been blessed listening to everyone else's stories while I'm at work, and um, it's been, it's been good. It's been, I've learned, I've learned some along the way and, um, you know, it's just always stick with it, you know, don't give up, have that persistence and, um, yeah. it's stick with it. Everybody will get there. 
Oh, thanks, man. Well, you have a good day, Ben. Yes, sir. You too. That was a fun episode. Really enjoyed hearing Ben's stories. Appreciate him coming on. And I was blown away by the story of, um, first off, how many deer he's been able to get, but also the buck. You know, I'm sitting there trying to figure out how big this buck is. I'm looking at a picture, and then Ben just drops that, that bomb like, he, this it wasn't about the inches for him or whatever that what why that buck stands out to him probably more than anything else is not necessarily the sheer size of it but it's the whole story and that whole story revolves around his brother and him being able to reunite after having a falling out um that's that just kind of blew me away and each one of my stories that I look back on each one of them is significant each one of them um, matters to me. And they might not matter to you, but to me, they are important. And I think that's the importance of numbers. Um, I, I just want to say this real quick. Numbers matter to God, too. Um, whenever you think about how many people are on this planet, it makes you feel incredibly small. I don't know if you've ever been to like a, a big uh, college football game and there's like 100,000 people there. I, I remember going to a football game and looking out at the sea of people and I just felt small and insignificant. But I want to ask you guys to do something. If you ever feel that way, like your life, is, you're just a peon ant and it doesn't matter, <laughs> just read Psalm 139. Uh, if you've never read that from start to finish, it's a really cool psalm. And it, to me, the, the point is this. God sees you. Uh, your number <laughs> matters to God. Each and every story matters to God. And you think, how can that be? There's trillions of stories. They, every single one of them God cares about. And he cares about your story and he cares about my story. It matters to him as much as what this buck story matters to Ben Hodgkins. Um, so I just want you to think about that. God thinks about you. He knows about you. He cares about you. And um, that's pretty significant to me. Um, that's the main story that matters to me in my life. And so just something for you to consider and think about. Man, I hope you guys are having a great summer. I've been having some really great guests and hearing some amazing stories. And if you would ever want to come on the podcast, just shoot me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com or you can send me a message on uh, Shedding Light Outdoors on Facebook or on uh, Instagram Messenger or whatever. And I'd love to hear your stories as well. Guys, thanks for coming back for another episode. And until the next one, remember to shed the light.